Hello and welcome to Minter Dialogue, episode number 244. Today is Sunday the 30th of July 2017, and this interview is with Jason Miller, who's Global Content Marketing Leader at LinkedIn, a heady position. He's also a rock and roll photographer and author and podcaster and all-around top influencer. In this podcast, Jason and I talk about the big challenges facing business leaders and what they should be doing about it. Hint, get bold. We talk about how best to use LinkedIn, of course, as well as how best to leverage your social profile, what are the most exciting technologies, and much more. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. So welcome to the Minter Dialogue. So this is a special interview and it's someone I've been wanting to have on the show for a long time. And I get the feeling it's going to be really hard to keep it to 30 minutes. But Jason, that is our challenge. Jason, tell us who you are, what you do. And as I like to ask my guests, what's your mindset? <laughs> I am the uh, global leader of content marketing and social media here at LinkedIn Marketing Solutions. And what is my mindset? My mindset today is uh, a little bit uh, hectic, I would say. I'd rather be um, I'd rather be relaxed, but it's a little bit hectic just because there are so many things going on. But I like to stay busy, as I know you do as well. Uh, so I'd say hectic. Excited. How about excited? There that, you that's go. a positive spin uh, on hectic, excellent. I think. Well, it, it does seem to be our modus operandi, whether it's just before the holidays, the coming out of the holidays, beginning of the year, coming into Christmas time. It seems like there's no... No time, which is actually downtime. And there's less holidays here in the UK, I've discovered. So uh, I've, I've been here for one year now. Uh, my one-year anniversary was, was uh, June 3rd in the UK. And uh, there's less holidays here. Uh, and then I guess there's the whole trend of, of unlimited time off in, in, in the US that I'm also missing. But I'm making the most of it. So I want to understand a little bit, Jason, uh, before we get into Just help us understand what you're doing at LinkedIn. Understand this notion of content uh, that you're driving. Of course. So, so my job is to, uh, is to lead the global content strategy, basically to tell the story of the marketer, specifically the B2B marketer, uh, how, how that person can be successful on LinkedIn. Uh, so how to drive engagement through content uh, for either you know, brand awareness, lead generation, you name it, even if, uh, an element of thought leadership. If you want to change perception of your brand, you want to lead a conversation, you want to drive leads, uh, I tell that story and I tell marketers how best to optimize the platform to do so. All right. Give us, let's, let's, let's dive into that just a bit. What are, what are some of the key things that you are seeing are, are not being done by brands and executives where you think, gosh, that's a really missed opportunity? I, I, think, I think there's two things. So number one is, is and this comes from you know, content marketing world last year. It was a big takeaway for me was Andy Crestadino, who I, I know you know as well, a friend of ours. He said there are two types of content you need in your strategy. One is research. And one is a strong opinion. Now, research gets link backs, which is great for SEO rankings, of course, um, and, and driving traffic in you know, non-direct ways. But that strong opinion one really took me because strong opinions get shares. Now, I think you know, LinkedIn is a perfect platform if you want to own a conversation take, or, or take a conversation, an existing conversation or an idea and push it forward um, through the use of, of the marketing suites, which is the company page, you know, uh, in-mail, uh, sponsored content, even organic. There's people will say there's or, organic is dead, and 
mentor, you know that uh, just claiming anything is dead is, is, is so <laughs> right? But uh, there's still an organic play on LinkedIn, um, so don't let that fool you. But, but all in all, uh, research, uh, referenceable content, uh, strong opinions, uh, and I think, I think a lot of brands are, um, are struggling to, to take that leap to actually take a stance, right? Um, so I think that's probably the biggest mistake is what do you stand for, what do you not stand for, and how do you put that voice uh, onto the platform and amplify it to the right people? So that's, that's highly interesting, Jason, because at the end of the day, well, first of all, when you say strong opinion, it kind of leads me down one rabbit hole, which is clickbait, make strong statements, scare people, and that kind of stuff. That said, the idea of having a strong opinion, having a voice as a brand, seems to be so difficult in a corporate space. If you're not the founder, if you're not an entrepreneur running your own business, how do corporations create that strong opinion? Because there's going to be at the risk of pissing people off. Uh, of course. And, you know, it's a very, very valid point. But if you look at, at some of the folks out there who are leading the conversation, uh, Doug Kessler, another friend of ours, uh, for example, Doug sure. uh, takes a very edgy approach to, um, you know, very hot topics in the industry he pushes ideas forward i don't think he's afraid i I think he's i don't think he's afraid of pissing people off because i think you you, you're never going to please everyone i think anyone who's ever written a blog knows or shares anything on social knows that you can't ever make everyone happy and so those two or three haters whatever you just you really have to let it go i used i take everything very very personally i still do (laughs) it's it's, i struggle with that well that's your artistic side (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe it's just I, I i am a yes man i like to you know do things for people make them happy but but again i think if you look at something an example uh brexit which which obviously uh was was big news um in the uk still is and, and still <coughs> is of course as we try to navigate what this looks like i mean i didn't have a chance to i, I couldn't vote in that of course because i'm a u.s citizen um but you look at someone like richard branson who uh came out and took a stance against mm-hmm. it and and i looked at him as sort of a hero because as this uh, as a as a as a resident of the uk uh i'm not really sure where this is all heading i'm not sure who to look for I can, i'm not sure who to trust but uh, my, I have, I feel like I have a relation. I don't know Richard Branson, but right. I feel like I have a relationship with him from following his his posts and his mm-hmm. and his uh, you know LinkedIn feed and his influencer status. But um, you know, I think that it, it says something about the business, and it, and it literally, you know, the PR that you can get out of that alone mm-hmm. should be uh, enough for you to take a chance on that. Now, you should be smart about it. Uh, don't go controversial. Don't go into you know the, the obvious ones that are going to uh, you know you split your audience down the middle, but uh, if it if it's a topic that aligns with your brand and you know what your brand stands for, you know the values and you can align that uh, with your audience. I think I think that is the is the way forward. I mean, content marketing without some sort of opinion or thought leadership is is not going to cut it moving forward. Totally. I mean, I, I love the fact that you said that you kind of know Richard, Sir Richard, via his digital space. I, I feel like I know Richard Branson. I mean, I know what he stands for. I, I know when to expect him to come out with something to address a specific topic. Uh, and I know that he cares about his audience and his brand. And uh, and that brings me closer to Virgin. Now, now I do fly British Airways <laughs> because I like their magazine and I have some friends there. But, but you know, Virgin's a, a close second for me. Um, I, I, everything that Virgin does... Uh, you know, brings everything that Richard does uh, brings it's aligned to my values as well, and mm-hmm. it brings me a little bit closer to the brand. Well, the the challenge, of course, in business is that when, as you're dealing with them, Jason, is that they're oftentimes being run by what I call a commercial CEO, someone who's been brought in, maybe has lived in the maybe maybe even has worked for the company for thirty, forty years. However, is not the founder and doesn't have the liberty, or doesn't feel, or doesn't give the permission to have the liberty to express and spout off. 
And I think that this is one of the challenges we have is to allow them to feel that liberty. Because if they don't, then now the sanction is you're hiding. Or, or someone else will come in and steal that conversation out from underneath you and start to sw- and potentially sway your audience or your customers. I mean, it happens all the time. So, I mean, how do you empower them? I think you, you train them. Anyone in that type of leadership position obviously has uh, some opinion or some thoughts or something that got them to where they're at. So how do you pull that out of their head? How do you put it into a consumable format you know, in, 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 in a platform that, that could deliver and target to the right audience? I mean, I, I don't think – I think we make it a little bit more difficult than it has to be. I think, uh, I think it's all about just, just you know, getting a little bit uncomfortable and putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it goes back to when I first started blogging. I was scared out of my mind. Mm-hmm. My first blog. I remember my first blog. Mm-hmm. I remember the first comment. It, sure. wasn't, it was not good. Right. But the more I did it, uh, the more you know. there's a couple of bumps in the road. But now I, I, I can't get my opinion out there enough, to be right. honest with you, Mentor. Well, it's a good feeling, isn't it? It, it, it is, especially when, um, when you feel good about what you're saying and that you're helping people or, or people are, are saying this, you know, this uh, helped me solve this problem or mm. it helped me look at this problem in a unique way or um, it answered a question or, or you know or it was just something that was entertaining that they read on the on the tube on the way home yeah you end up and of course it's sort of rewarding to do that but then you also get considered an expert an influencer I think I think that there's one thing there's one caution I would say right so you can't you can't really lead expecting uh, you know to become an expert or an influencer or, or, or build your personal brand if you do, if you're doing the right things, all of these things will follow, uh, and it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of patience. But if you do everything properly, if you do a good job and you're a good person, mm-hmm. you're a good corporate citizen mm-hmm. inside and outside the organization. Uh, all that great stuff, all that goodness, the personal brand, uh, the thought leadership, uh, the influencer, all that will follow. Well, I wanted to dig on that. It's a little bit of a naughty topic. Jeremy Waite and I talked about a lot. Goodness. Uh, which leads me to political correctness, and and I'm so I'm thinking about you know being good as well, be, you know, coming off as looking good as opposed to being good intrinsically and, and being having good intent. But if you want to have a strong opinion and push yourself out through the noise that's out there, sometimes it takes having a controversial or a maybe a, a less obvious path, and that. A, takes a lot of uh, sort of self, self-understanding self and self-awareness, uh, also knowledge of the brand. But it's not easy, uh, not an easy position for someone who's a corporate CEO to take. Well, I think, I think the key is, I think if you write something, if you can put your – the number one thing is if you can express your opinion in words. Uh, I think, you know, the lost art of writing is what I call it, you know, mm-hmm. with, with emojis taking over the world. That's true. Uh, and GIFs or GIFs, whatever uh, mm-hmm. they're pronounced, uh, however they're pronounced. But I, I think if you can figure out how to write well, if you can learn how to write well, mm-hmm. uh, that's the first step. If you can take that a step further and just put anything you want out there, but just don't be mean spirited about it. Right. right. So I learned this yeah. the hard way uh, because I was I was in a, it was a little bit disgruntled in a in, a, in the music business that was mm-hmm. failing and you know was, they were fighting digital and and I was a little bit angry and mm-hmm. so when I was writing um, it, my my anger and kind of came out and. It was a little bit vengeful, and it was my wife literally said, "Can you take this and and just not be mean spirited mm-hmm. with it?" And I think that kind of changed the way I, I think about everything. So mm. you don't have to be right. You know, you don't have to at be mean someone else's expense. Totally. Exactly, exactly. So it's all it's all in how you frame it. Yeah. Uh, and I think if if you if you can turn it into a positive spin mm-hmm. at the end, and mm-hmm. there's some sort of takeaway, and you don't just leave them hanging or leave them wondering. I mean, that's or the pissed key. off. Yeah, yeah, or pissed off. Or I mean, you can leave them. 
uh, inspired. I mean, right. that's always a, a positive. If you can do that, that's that's tough to do as well. Right, for sure. So you mentioned writing, and obviously on a LinkedIn, you know, that's mostly about writing. You're not going to do so many photographs as part of your your feed, but you being uh, a a freshly minted expert in, I should say that because it's been a, a recent journey in photography. I, I, I was going to talk about, you know, the power of an Instagram. If I'm a CEO, I have one example of a CEO who runs a large retail business in France, Carrefour. And he decided he wanted to get into Instagram and he created his own feed. And little, lo and behold, he has something like 20,000 followers on Instagram of his photographs. And he has a specific point of view and he's developed an angle. So my thought is, you know, can you not also do do your storytelling via video image or is it in your mind does that feel less professional i mean me personally i'm a reader i like to read i mean even though i'm a photographer <laughs> i like i like to i like to read i don't have my headphones in all the time so for me to watch a video uh, i literally have to you know right. sync up the bluetooth or whatever it, and i just like to have it uh, I, I'm, maybe i'm old school i don't know i just like to read but you know instagram's an interesting thing and I think with with the number of the sheer number of of photos that are being you know pushed to the web every mm-hmm. second, it's it's overwhelming. So how do you stand out in this mess? Uh, you you as a, any marketer today, just as much as you should know how to tell a story, you should know basic uh, composition, right? When it comes to photography, uh, how to take a photograph, the rule of thirds. Uh, I mean, these aren't these are rules mm-hmm. that have been around forever, and rules are meant to be break, broken. I, we all know that. Sure. But, if you can understand how to take a picture properly, properly mm-hmm. expose it, uh, properly compose it, you're going to be leaps and bounds above. And that, I mean, I've posted pictures of Iron Maiden on LinkedIn, like from, uh-huh. from a gig in Dublin, Bruce Dickinson flying through the air. And you'd be really impressed with, with the, the numbers, the sheer numbers of views on, mm-hmm. on these images. And you mm-hmm. can see who, who viewed it, which companies are viewing it, uh, what the, the demographics are, what countries are they coming from. Mm-hmm. So I think... You know, if you can master, uh, if you can just get, you don't have to master it. If you just get good at writing and good at at matching a visual with that, uh, yeah, I think I think that's the magic combo. Mm. Now, video is another thing. I think video, video is a little bit frustrating for me because I think when you see all the video that's out there, live video, like like people just started turning the cameras on their on their faces, and you get the talking heads. It's like. Mm-hmm. I don't think the talking head is, is the future of video. I don't think live video was meant to empower us just to stop writing and turn the camera on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has to be more to it. So, again, um, maybe there's a little bit of basic you know, storytelling through film, maybe short films. Mm-hmm. Or a, there's always something you should be learning to be better uh, at how you post your content. All right. So, Jason, I wanted to just dig in on – we were talking at lunch just before about your upcoming book. So – what I understand, it's a million pictures turned into 240 or something like that. Uh, One million photos taken over a four-and-a-half-year period, and we got it down to about 260-some-odd photos. And so w- these are all photographs that, are, that you've taken in concerts. And tell us how, how you've gotten into this, because this is, you know, obviously, as a, you know, I say a corporate LinkedIn dude, this is clearly not your average uh, pastime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm kind of the rock and roll guy. I, I think... Uh, uh, maybe I don't fit perfectly into uh, the corporate world, but um, I, I would say my results speak for myself. If, if speak, speak for themselves, if anyone questions that. And LinkedIn came to me. They, I was, I was fine and happy at Marketo. They came to me and then they brought me on. So four years later. Uh, but to answer your question, 
Uh, I was writing. This is this is uh, back in 2011, 2012. I was writing for this magazine, and uh, I didn't. I'd never picked up a DSLR camera in my entire life. Never. I didn't even know how to single nothing. lens reflex. And uh, I was somebody, some publisher or some publicist that reached out to me and said, "Hey, would you like to go cover this Motley Crue show in San Francisco?" And at this time, I was literally just writing text reviews of of albums for this weekly magazine. And I said, sure. And they said, we'll leave you a photo pass. And I said, I don't even know what that means. And they said, well, you can take pictures of the band. Uh, and so I went out that night, and I bought a camera, and I took the worst pictures uh, ever of it. was Poison. It was the New York Dolls, Poison, and Motley Crue, uh, three of my favorite bands. Great lineup. And I'm standing there next to uh, you know this, this guy from Spin or Rolling Stone or whatever. I have the same access, my, this little music magazine. Probably the same equipment or nearly. Uh, not. <laughs> I no. didn't really know what I was doing. But I... The first photo I took is in the book, and it kicks it off. That's mm-hmm. the start of the journey, mm-hmm. all the way up to like literally like four weeks ago um, when I shot Spoon here in town. But it, it's it's that whole journey, and and after I it, the, the first picture I took is just white with a bunch of hands sticking up in the air. It looks mm-hmm. like like God is playing mm-hmm. on stage or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I screwed that opportunity. Overexposed. Up. I, I, I messed it. Yeah, I messed that opportunity up so bad mm-hmm. that I vowed to uh, to to master low light photography. Four and a half, four, you know, four and a half, five years later, uh, I'm certified semi pro, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, permission but yeah. granted. So, Jason, what would you say would be the key lessons you've learned in this journey? And if someone else says, "I want to start off and 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 become an expert in whatever it is, whether it is photography or an expert in gardening, whatever," what is it has made you so successful? The lesson learned is is sort of like this lesson of reinvention, right? And and the fact that you can do anything you want to at any point uh, in your life. So I just turned 43, so I was 38 when I started this this you know third career, I guess. But I just I went through a similar transformation when I left the music business. Uh, so the point being is that you can become an expert in anything you want because there is a virtual PhD, uh, a wealth of information on any given topic out there in the world, given told by uh, because it, it's it's. Other experts just want to share and help others, mm-hmm. uh, and if you can find some trusted experts, uh, they could become your mentors, mm-hmm. and and you can learn pretty much anything. I've never had a lesson in photography, uh, and I've shot Kiss, you know, David uh, or um, Roger Waters, mm-hmm. uh, shot Kiss four times, mm-hmm. uh, Motley Crue twice or maybe three times, uh, Alice Cooper. I mean, you name it, and they're all in the book. But it's basically. Um, I broke it down. It's the it's the journey. I think you mentioned it earlier. You're mm-hmm. helping me like conceive how do I pull this together into a really compelling story. And the book is done, but the framing of it was not done yet. Mm-hmm. And I think you said the creation of an expert, right? Uh, and that completely blew my mind. I'm completely stealing that. From Love you. it. Love <laughs> it. Storytelling. But it is. It is the creation of an expert, um, and uh, and yeah. something I'm very proud of, and something I'm very passionate about. And, and when and, does it uh, come out? So we are. Uh, we have the test prints. The book's done. We have the test prints that came in. Uh, just negotiating with some printers. It'll be out through uh, Heavy Metal Thunder Publications, which is my my self my my, um, my, my publishing company, my small publishing company. Mm-hmm, sure. uh, we're looking at pre-orders. Will probably start in a couple of weeks, uh, and then we'll probably start shipping um, end of August. All right. Well, I put that in the show notes, Jason. So you and I roll and rock um, separately, of course. But what in, when you look at the new technologies that are out there? What there are so many of them. It's so hard to stay up to date, as we were talking about. Which are the ones that really turn you on? You know, I mean, I, I, I guess as a B2B marketer, I try to focus on what works, and I try to stick mm. close to the own media properties because I'm not really sure. Even though I love VR and AR, I'm not really sure there's a play for us, mm-hmm. uh, specifically um, 
you know, for my my content marketing team, maybe you know, LinkedIn as a as, as a as a whole, I can't really speak to that, but I can speak to my team here on on LinkedIn marketing solutions. Um, we focus on what works. So I think when you see marketers chasing after that that shiny object and jumping on jumping on these uh, these new uh, these new technologies before they actually master um, the the foundation, the basics. I mean, uh, I struggle with that. But with that being said, am I not fascinated by the rise of voice search, um, mm-hmm. the the rise of AI, uh, the, uh, how AI is shaping um, you know search and and uh, and, and creativity? Um, do I have a VR headset? Of course I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm I'm really into all of that. But at the end of the day, I have to focus on what works, and w- what works are still the website, the blog, the apps, mm-hmm. like the core uh, owned media properties. But um, but yeah, so at Advertising Week uh, a couple of months ago, I, I had uh, I was interviewing a couple of the folks from Bing, and just the the stuff that they're doing with with AI and, mm-hmm. and voice search is it's just so mind blowing. Um, so I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by how AI is going to shape uh, the future of marketing. I know you're hanging out with Jeremy and, right. and his Watson stories. I mean, he's got the coolest job ever, right? Uh, advocating for Watson mm-hmm. and solving problems and. Uh, and just analyzing and, 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 you know, basically he's building the future of marketing through mm-hmm. Watson. So I'm fascinated by it, but I caution marketers, uh, unless you're like, in the, unless you're GE who, who can't do anything, <laughs> who can do no wrong with technology because they always seem to be first. But um, I say just caution them to, you know, make sure you figured out uh, the basics first. Make sure you have a solid strategy. Make sure mm-hmm. you're, you're hitting your goals so right. you can give yourself some room to experiment. Yes, and as opposed to doing the next shiny object. I mean, we all see how that ends up. Uh, people, you know, just jump on board or something and they invest this, this uh, a lot of money into a strategy and then that platform, you know, may or may not be uh, applicable six to eight months later. That's so. for sure. So, you know, I was just thinking, you know, we, we, you're a photographer and uh, images online and, and the challenge of images, of course, is recognition and, and basically if they're not words, then they're very hard to actually detect or, you know, there is progress in that technology. But I wanted to get to this point on, on voice, uh, you know, voice recognition and, and everything that AI is doing, Google's, um, Android's ability to use their voice assistant and so on. It's funny, there's so much going on, but you really don't know the power that's behind that app. So Siri or Google's voice assistant. Have you? Uh, how do you know where the limit is? I'm, I've been doing an experiment, just to riff on this a second, with um, a chatbot. And it's a five-day experience, and uh, it's, it's called Empathic Ventures. And so it's all about finding empathy in a chatbot and how is that possible. And is, it, is it possible? Well, this experience is either a person or absolutely incredible. So you can't. So is this like um, you? You can't tell. I I cannot tell. I cannot tell. What's that movie I just watched? Uh, her. Oh, her. No, sure. the, the one after that where the uh, the engineer gets brought out to the uh, to the uh, to the founder's place. And he has to run those experiments to see if he can tell the woman is a oh I, is it ex machina ex machina oh, ex machina oh, yeah how do you say that ex machina machina ex it's machina more, it's more Latin Latin wow so um yeah but her was one of my favorite movies mm. uh, of the past couple of years and then ex machina machina 
uh, was was absolutely brilliant as well, but but frightening in the same way. Well, so the point is that you know, so this chatbot is asking me directing the the flow because they've been practicing and thinking about how they're going to do this five day experiment, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's me. Well, why don't I ask them a question? Like, write my own thought. So, what can you do to help me in my next meeting? So, I ask them a specific type of question, which had nothing to do with the flow we've been in before. But why not? So then, it think, things like on Siri or, or on Android, what kinds of actions can it do and an and invoice it seems to me that there's a difficulty to make aware what's possible usually what happens is like your daughter brings something to you say hey daddy look what this can, this can do or or you discover it because you're sitting beside a guy on a train who exposed he does something oh i didn't know you could do that well you know it's interesting that you say what's possible because i think calling it a chatbot is sort of selling it short right you right at 100%. what point does it move away from a chatbot i think of a chatbot as a very simple interface that can answer a few questions give a couple of replies but is it is it becoming self-aware I, I have no idea not a space i spend a lot of time in but when i was talking to some of the folks from bing um they were talking about uh how the chatbot will evolve into what i think they call it the meta agent mm-hmm. which is actually which will replace the website so there will not be there will not be a website in the future. It will be a a very sophisticated chatbot, which I think they call a meta agent, which is basically just you know uh, aware of your presence and ready to answer any of your questions in in real time, S- serving up dynamic content based on your engagement, based on where you've where you've been. So you get a unique experience with each visitor. Visitor, it's true one to one marketing, which mm. uh, we are so far beyond yeah. <laughs> right now, right. Or away from right now. Um, so yeah, I mean it fascinates me, uh, but but again, I mean I spend a lot of time just trying to make sure. I mean I think you know Scott Stratton said it best. He said you know with the with the with the rise of live video uh, and everyone all, all the brands being told you have to jump on board here. He said uh, quote he said <laughs> he said eighty five percent of of humans are non filmable in the first place. And then uh, take it a step further. Let's take something video that not a lot of you know B two B uh, enterprise customer or clients really understand, and let's make it live. Let's make it uneditable, right? <laughs> let's let's just complicate things, and let's see where that goes. So, um, again, I've spent a lot of time getting getting the basics right. But he also brought up the fact that how many how many folks don't even have a, a responsive website in the state? Mm-hmm, sure, it's just uh, inexcusable. It is. Yeah, it it does feel like we're still in the linear world, a chronological linear one way almost even though we're in a you know let's say the internet 2.0 3.0 wherever we are in that world but we are still far from giving a spectacular solo feeling of personalized service yeah i mean forget forget the chatbots uh becoming aware of what's what's out there i mean mm-hmm. i think i think marketers have to take a back seat and just kind of you know take a step back and figure out what does this experience look like? How do I deliver it moving forward? What does the integrated marketing mean to my organization? Uh, am I still working in these silos of social PR content, you know, SEO uh, demand gen? Are they are they talking to one another, or are they is is the campaign data siloed? Is it being strung together? Where's the digital body language? I mean, there's so many questions you have to answer before you even get to the new shiny object, uh, mm-hmm. VR, AR, right. whatever. Um, now AI fascinates me because I think it can help us get there quicker. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's that just, and it's, data, it's, that it's, and data, yeah, and, and d- data and, and, and insights-driven, um, you know, campaigns and content, of course. But that's where uh, that's where it really that's where I'm really really fascinated. And you know, to be honest with you, I don't think you know I, I bought a book on Amazon uh, when I was searching for 
how AI is going to shape marketing technology. And it was the only book there. And I read it and, and it's brilliant and it's really very well done. But I, I think, I don't know if there's enough conversation happening around that. Now, Jeremy, uh, our, our buddy Jeremy from IBM did tweet out a list of 20 AI experts to follow. And I replied back to him. I said, is there, did somebody build a Twitter list of this? Like, I'm not, I don't have time mm-hmm. to track all this. Right, right. And he never replied back to me. Ah, well, <laughs> Jeremy, there's a call to action. Yeah, so um, I want to just go back one last uh, question, Jason, before we close off, uh, about LinkedIn. So, um, you know, let's say that there, you're right. If you're a writer, you want to put out stuff, each platform has its audience. Each platform has its style. So in terms of length, what's permissible or desirable. And, and so if I'm, if I'm a writer, how do you, let's say, course correct me if I'm thinking, well, I should put it out on everything, self-purpose, you know, repurpose everything from putting out on LinkedIn notes, putting on a Facebook note, Medium, blog, you know, how do you articulate a strategy for a senior executive in that so, so that's really interesting, Venter. Um, and if, if you look at someone like Mark Schaefer, who I think is brilliant, right? I do too. Um, but Mark, Mark takes his his content from um, from his from his blog, and he posts it uh, pretty much everywhere on LinkedIn, Medium, Facebook, whatever. Like we're talking long form content, you know, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And someone asked him. They said, "Aren't you afraid of the duplicate content issues?" And he says, "Not when you see the the eyeballs that I'm getting from doing this." So. I think there used to be this idea of, of duplicate content penalties and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I think that's being overshadowed by the fact that you have so many options. Now, I live in a different camp where um, I just don't like to put my content everywhere, all, the, all over the place. I like this. I like to have it a little bit more exclusive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my podcast, my, my where I write is is in one of two places, and that's mm-hmm. it, right? Now, could I get more exposure from you know blasting it out everywhere? Of course I could. I just don't. I just don't subscribe to that. What there's no, there's really no benefit to me personally getting mm-hmm. more views than I'm getting because I'm thrilled with. What You're I'm already getting. getting a lot. Yeah. But I think if if you, and you know, it does become challenging as, as a photographer and as a writer. How do I divide my time? Do I spend more time on on Instagram? I haven't posted Instagram in like two days. Mm-hmm. You know, am I am I sacrificing my following? Am I not feeding them? Like, who cares, right? Like, mm-hmm. I focus where I have time to focus, what's important to me that day. Uh, it's important for me right now to move these ideas around, you know, how to market effectively on LinkedIn and push those ideas forward. And there's a few other things that kind of bother me here and there that I kind of take shots at. So I live every morning, I figure out where I'm focusing my time, where I'm publishing. A lot of it's on LinkedIn. Sometimes it's on uh, Instagram for photography stuff. Sometimes it's on Facebook. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's on Twitter, but it just depends on where I'm going to get the most bang for my buck that day uh, and I don't like to I guess kind of just exploit my content um, everywhere just for just for views it doesn't make any sense to me there is one argument that would support your idea which is that if you are congregating in one place if there is a conversation you can then be in involved and it's sort of happening in a place Whereas if you're in many places, how on earth can Jason then go back into each of them and stay on top of all of them everywhere it's impossible. And, you know, we were talking, Doug Kessler and I were talking about this, and, and he said that we're going to enter a, a, a phase with all this, you know, content. And I know, you know, I don't want to call it content shock, but he said that we're going to one day, we're going to miss this editor, the newspaper editor, the magazine editor, because it's the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be so much stuff out there. You're not going to be able to differentiate what's quality, what's good, what's trustworthy. I mean, I think, I'm not sure we're there yet, uh, because you can still go to your favorite you know, BBC or, or mm-hmm. you know, um, 
New York Times or, or NPR, the New Yorker. You still have you still have options. I, I've delayed gratification is something I read. But uh, Doug made a very good point that you're going to miss that editor. So I don't want to add to the problem. If you want my content, this is where it's at. I'm not going to. Uh, my audience is my audience. I'm thrilled with who I have. I, I don't really care about numbers. I care about. Uh, you know, I care about getting my opinion out there and a couple of people replying back here and there and saying yeah. that it helped them. Um, but it's all part of a larger thing. My job is to, uh, is to, is to, you know, lead this content team at LinkedIn. So I focus on that first and foremost, personal brand, everything else comes second. Mm-hmm, that's great. Jason, our time is up as, as, as I suspected and feared we could have been riffing on. I barely got through what I wanted to get to, but they would love to have you on the show, Jason. Mentor, uh, thank you so much, and uh, uh, I, I can't wait to get you on my podcast That'd so we can pleasure. continue this conversation. Yay. But, uh, yeah, I literally, we're just getting started. We could go for another hour. Right. Right. So tell us uh, what's the best way to connect with you. Where can we find great information about how to uh, run my business on LinkedIn? So um, you can subscribe to the uh, the LinkedIn uh, Marketing Solutions blog, which is uh, easy enough to get to. Just literally Google LinkedIn Marketing Solutions blog, or a me and marketing blog. Funny enough, we're on page one for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Or you can follow me at uh, I'm Jason Miller CA on uh, Twitter, Instagram. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm pretty open as long as you just put a little note in there where you heard me at. Uh, I, I'm pretty good about connecting there. And uh, rockandrollcocktail.com is where you find all my photography stuff. Um, but yeah, and oh, and and uh, at LinkedIn MKTG is the official LinkedIn Marketing Solutions uh, Twitter handle. So lots of places to find us. I'm going to stop there because uh, I don't get everywhere, but just want to be in the right places. Beautiful. Lots of good reasons to get in touch with Jason. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having me. This has been fantastic. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com. That's mindset with a Y where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please do rate it in iTunes. That really makes my day. Happy trails and enjoy Josh Sachs's Painted Fingers. Oh, fill me with all your colors any different way To rid me of the gray And heal me with all your that you mention in your lack of self-security Oh, I wouldn't care about the art form As long as you would feel warm Wrapped in canvas, hold me tightly Slowly we would paint a lover's portrait With all your favorite shades Care about the art form as long as you
With all your favorite shades And we paint it with our fingers To show the world the way we feel Oh, oh the way I feel My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.